going to say good morning to everybody online. It's great to have you here at Colwood Church. My name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors on this staff. It is great to have you here today. Now, how many of you own a cell phone? Does anybody own a cell phone here in this place? All right, a couple people. All right. I, I recently made the decision with my cell phone to switch companies. Uh, the, the, the primary reason was that I got a better deal. And so I jumped in, and when I did that with this organization, I also was given hundreds of dollars back, number one. Agent actually shared with me, hey, since you've now joined us and you're a part of our company, our business, did you know that there is this app that you could download to your phone and we'll give you free things every single week? I'm like, what? I'm like, sign me up. So I actually did it. And I'm not, no word of a lie, with this company that I'm with right now, every single week I am sent things to have for free. I've had free food. I've been given free passes to movies. It's fantastic. They even take it a little bit further where I'm able to go into these different draws. And they are giving away like gift cards. They're giving away movies for a year. They're sending people around the world on these different trips. So if you could pray that I win that one, that would be fantastic. But we understand this idea of rewards. We all like rewards. Anybody like rewards here? All right, a couple people, this is good. But we understand how rewards work. So when you, when you have someone who has strong work ethic, perhaps in the job, they are rewarded with maybe a pay raise or more work, who knows, right? Uh, someone who is on good behavior may be rewarded with an early exit from the penal system. You don't know. I mean, many of us have credit cards that when we use them smartly, of course, right, everybody, we are, we are in a money series right now, but when you use that smart, you get rewards that come back to you. You could purchase and buy so many things. I know how some of you roll, actually. A couple times a year, you even like to go to Tim Hortons to roll up the rim to win, all right? You want your rewards. Or you'll swing over to Mickey D's so that you could play some Monopoly, hoping for that brand new car, and you get a small fry instead, right? Like, you know how it works, but we all like rewards. We want rewards. And I actually believe this about us today is that Jesus wants to reward you as well. And in fact, I think Jesus will reward you when you give your money, here we go again. But let me explain what I mean by that today by looking at the Word of God. I'm going to read to us today from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church and he's using the Macedonian church as the example. And he is giving a message on money. Do not misunderstand it. It's all about money. And as I was reading it in preparation for today, I actually was thinking about replacing the Macedonian church with Colwood Church. Could you do that with me just for a few moments? I'm not trying to change the Word of God, but I want to make it applicable to us today because this is what it says. Now, Paul says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia or in Colwood Church. See, these people, they're being tested by many different troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with an abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but they gave far more, and they did it with their own free will. And verse 7 then says, since you call with church, you, you excel in so many ways, like in your faith and your gifted speakers, your knowledge, 
your enthusiasm and, and your love from us, I want you to excel. Somebody say excel. I want you to excel in this gracious act of giving. And he continues in the next chapter by saying this. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Somebody put a smile on your face. I'm not trying to set you up for an offering, okay? I promise. But come on, where's your smiles? God loves a cheerful giver is what it says. And God will generously provide all that you need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. Now in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you will always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem or Victoria will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Let's pray as we've read the word of the Lord. Father, I ask that right now you simply help us, teach us from your word so that we would be more like you. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. This morning, we're going to speak from the subject in our series, Money Matters, uh, Claim the Rewards. Now, last week, if if you are unaware of what we're doing, we're spending the next number of weeks together on a series called Money Matters, and we're speaking specifically towards money that y'all have, that I have. We notice that there are um, pressures that are happening financially all around us in culture, so now is a great time, actually, to talk about our money. And so last week, I, I presented to us that there was one realities with two lifestyles. The one reality is that God is named Jehovah Jireh. It means that he is the provider of everything. And because of that, there are two lifestyles that he's calling you and I to. Number one, he wants you to steward well. And what it means to steward is this, is that you have been given and trusted something on loan from God to manage for him. I mean, I know you all want to be managers in your life. You just graduated today. You're all managers of what God has given to you. Not only that, he asks us to be generous in our lifestyle, which means I see the needs of things that are happening in and around me, and I step into that. And really, the lens of this series is we're looking at it from a place of positivity. When it comes to money in this conversation, there are a lot of great things that we get to talk about. And today, we're going to talk about the rewards that you can get when you step into this obedient lifestyle of giving financially. What we are saying ultimately is that God owns everything and you are his money manager. And catch this, because what I am wanting us to see is that God has entrusted you with something. He hasn't given you nothing. You catch that? He has entrusted you with his stuff and he is looking to see if you and I will be the managers of what happens. It's kind of like saying, I don't own the store I just work there now. And that's what God is doing when it comes to you and I. 
Dixie Fraley says this. It says that we're most like God when we're giving. And I love this quote because it is an expression of our worship. Moments ago, we were all singing with our voices together. It was beautiful worship. But did you know that God wants you to worship him with your wallet as too? Like there's something about that today that you cannot ignore, and he is calling that for us. Now, in that chapter 8 of the Corinthians text, one thing I didn't read was this. In verse 9, it says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty we could be made rich. See, when it comes to our giving, it really comes back down to the example of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. So our giving is a reflexive response to the grace of God in our lives. And we all have that ability today to step into the grace of Christ when it comes to our financial gain. Randy Alcorn said that God is the greatest giver in the universe and he will not let anyone outgive him. I dare you to try. Today, does anybody want to take that dare? But I'm here to tell us today is that God is the ultimate owner of it all. And he is a great provider. And he challenges you and I today. Try it out, give me, see what you could do. And that's where we land here today in the rewards. See, when you step out in financial biblical obedience, there are rewards that are going to happen for you. And again, moments ago, I saw many of your hands go up on the rewards part. This is a great way to dig into the rewards that God has for you. And so today we're going to take a look at that. Now, the thing about rewards, it may be just a little bit different than what you're thinking. So for instance, Sean, I'm going to place $20 here. Does that mean that God's going to give me 20 back or is he going to give me 40, maybe a hundred? I'm not talking about that. Can God do that? Yes. But what we often find is that when we step out financially, all it says to us is that God will generously provide back. It doesn't say how he's going to do it or what exactly he's going to do it with, but we'll know a couple of things about his grace in that situation. He is just simply looking for our obedience in the situation. So when we step out and we begin to give when it comes to our finances, a couple of things will happen for you. It will increase your faith, number one. Your faith will grow as God begins to stretch the ownership and the control issues that many of us will have when it comes to our money. It will also develop your trust in God because when you let go of your money, what you're ultimately doing is saying, okay, you said you're a provider, I'm going to trust you, so I'm going to step into that moment. The other thing that it does is it allows you to throw your glasses on and it allows you to see other people. And so when you give, you're abundantly aware suddenly of the needs that are all around you. And even from a science perspective, um, it, it just makes you feel physically better when you give. Did you know that? Uh, it is a science behind it. So learn how to, to give. Now, the context of what the Apostle Paul was saying to the, Mas or to the Corinthian church about the Macedonians, it was all about money. Like This is just a full-on money talk. And this is what he said. He said, although they are walking through very many, or many difficult situations, question, do you think in the last number of years we've walked through some pretty difficult times? Do you think that even today with the financial pressures that are all around us, it would be difficult? Yes. I mean, it's a lot like what these guys are saying. So although they're going through that, he goes on to say, even in their poorness, they still did something that is super important for us to understand today. It said, yet in the midst of those circumstances, they had an abundant joy, which led to a rich generosity. 
And so there is something that we have to pay attention to when it comes to this Macedonian church. And as we read and actually out loud said it, I believe that God wants you, in verse 7 it says, He wants you to excel when it comes to gracious acts of generous giving. Like He wants that for you and I. He doesn't want us to hold it. He wants us to excel in it. And He's looking for His church to do it. So, in order to do all of that, I look in this text today and I see six rewards that you can have today if you decide to step into this act of obedience with Jesus. And these rewards, I'm telling you, are game changers. But let me explain them. The first word you see in this text is the word reap. Now again, reap is probably a, a non-popular word that we would use in a lot of our vocabulary these days. But this first reward that God is going to give to you, he's he's saying that he is going to allow you to obtain, acquire, and to bring in certain things in your life. What those are, he's the determining factor of that. But what he does here is he uses the farming illustration. And it's beautiful because for 15 years, we lived in Saskatchewan. And it was one of the most beautiful scenes every single fall to watch these combines line the fields of the prairies. And what they were doing is they were going after their harvest. So these massive machines would collect everything, and they would bring it in. And in in respect of to what we're talking about here today, it had everything to do with reaping. Because what had taken place over here is that in order for you to reap something or get something back, you've got to sow it. And so the idea that Paul is giving to you and I, when it comes to our money, is that you have to plant generously if you want to reap generously. So last Sunday, I uh, made the comment that it's that time of season again for me where I have to seed my lawns. And you know my disdain for these things called birds. And uh, yet last week, we were learning that um, God, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, that he will also take care of the birds of the field. They don't have to worry. He's going to take care of the birds. Well, Jesus takes care of the birds with my lawn seed. And uh, it drives me nuts, to be quite honest with you. But after church last Sunday, I went home and I actually seeded my, my lawn. And I'll tell you this year, I did it in abundance. Here's why. It's because of those birds. And they were going to come in and they were going to try to take my seed. And so I stood in my kitchen, and I'm, I'm really bad at this because oftentimes I'm banging on the windows, I'm running outside, I'm yelling at these birds as if they care about what I have to say, but I'm doing this to, but I did that, and I really felt God even prompting me as like, do not do it, Sean, let them eat. And I'm like, I don't like this conversation right now, God, uh, and you know, you want to ignore it. But this idea for me to have a, an abundant lawn means that I needed to place abundant seed. And it is the same principle that Paul is talking to us about here, except with money, is that when you sow generously with your money, it means that you will reap generously in your life. Same principle. And yet God is pulling it into our money. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says that you are always going to harvest what you plant. Again, with your money, what are you planting? What are you sowing into the soil of life? I would say this about all of us here today, is that your life, your your heart, is like a garden. And and we know this about gardening, that there are things that can kind of get planted into gardens that are both good and bad. 
And so when your heart and your life is like that garden, when it comes to your finances, do you know that you could plant good seed when it comes to finance? And you could also plant bad seed. The objective when bad seed has been planted, it's going to cause havoc and chaos in our lives when we don't align ourselves biblically. And so with that, every good gardener knows what you're supposed to do next. You go into the garden, you see that which is good, and you keep it. But that which is bad, what do you do with it? You uproot it. You take it out. And I think financially, that is the same thing that we have to apply with our lives. Some of us have made some really poor decisions financially. And I'm telling you, it's time to uproot those things to get you to a space where you can understand and know the rewards that God really wants to place into your life. So for instance, uh, Lisa and I, a long time ago, uh, met at a, at, we met at Bible college. Now, I went to Bible college to become a pastor. Lisa came to Bible college to take a one-year program. In order for her to get to Bible college, though, she had to uh, utilize these things called student loans. You've heard of them before, right? These student loans are important for paying for your education. Lisa chose not to pay for the education, but to go shopping <laughs> with her student loans. So much so that when we got married, I suddenly married into debt instantly. And it was really difficult for our first number of years. And it's really important to see because over here with the principles and the practices of, of what she was doing with her own garden of her life is she planted some things that were not healthy. What I'm so proud about Lisa for is that that person that I married is nowhere near the person who I'm married to today because she has turned a 180 when it comes to over here, planting in and using student loans to go have fun or to eat something also was met with she didn't know and didn't like to tithe. It's just something that she didn't want to do. That is not her story anymore. She over here, she's one of the most generous people that I know. She comes home and she's telling me about who she's paying it for, for someone else over here in this drive-thru or she sees someone at a grocery line and goes and pays for her groceries. She's tithing off of the money that is in our household. Like the night and day because she decided to till the garden. And I think financially, that's what we have to get to as well today, because if you want to reap the reward that God has for you, you've got to sow it differently. You've got to pour into it differently. And I just think that it's pretty amazing that when I see that in my wife, I would say this, anybody can do this if you're willing to till the garden. So will you do that? Now, with that, there are a couple of indicators when it comes to the reaping story that I just want to quickly draw on. Number one, it says that when you, when, you, when you sow and you're going to reap, number one is that you need to give with joy. It did say that God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, so don't go begrudgingly to this. This is a cheerful act that you have with God. Number two, it says that you have to do this under your own free will. And you also need to do that um, with, uh, with no reluctance or pressure to it. So like I said earlier, I'm not going to do a surprise offering at the end of this, okay? So just relax. Everybody breathe. But it says he wants you to make that decision yourself. And then number three is give in proportion to what you have, not what you don't have. You see, for God, it's not about quantity. It never is. It's all about the quality and the motive of your heart. And will you step into these moments? And yes, he does speak even to the quantity, but we're not talking about that here today. He is looking for the quality of your heart. And remember last week, I talked to us about this idea of you will either have hands open, which is an abundant mindset, or you will have your hands closed and it's a scarcity mindset. 
I'm living in fear. I want to control my finances. Rather than Jehovah Jireh, I give it to you anyway because you put it on loan to me anyway. And so how we wrestle with those things. So the number one reward that you're going to have is you're going to reap. And I got to tell you, I love reaping. The payoff of that is truly fantastic. The second reward that we see out of this text today is that all of your needs are going to be supplied. Now, notice that I did not say all of your wants are supplied, okay? Because uh, everybody wants something, don't you? I mean, I want that next car. I want that next house. I want those clothing. I want to go eat. I want to do all of these things. But the word of God does not say, my God shall supply all your wants. It says that my God will supply all of your needs. And so we have to rest in this idea. And this is a fantastic reward. When you know that God is going to be the provider and you truly do step in and trust that, I want you to see today that God will always, according to this scripture today, he will generously provide to you. You don't have to be wandering in anxiety and worry. He even takes care of the birds on my lawn. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me. When Lisa and I were in Saskatchewan, we decided to make a choice that she would not work. And so we made this crazy decision that we would live on one salary and it was a pastoral salary and it wasn't friendly. But we decided to, because of our priorities, make a decision. The very first thing that we did in knowing that was that money was going to be tight. So we moved to budgeting at a very early age, especially trying to work off our debt load as well. But as we did that and we started to budget, we, um, we would place our money into envelopes and they each had categories from eating out to groceries to, and once the money in the envelope was gone, you were done. And so we would have people all the time, hey, you want to come out and do this with us and that with us? And we're like, yes, we'd totally love to, but we're broke and we can't. And we made a decision. And so we sacrificed certain things to make sure that our budget and our money would move forward. And within that, one of the key principles that Lisa and I have done is, is the reward number one, so that we could reap something we sowed well. So we never skipped a beat when it came to our tithes and offering, two different things. We often will put them together, but they're two different things. Again, we're not having a message on that today, but we decided to do that. And I want to tell you today that living on one salary with two kids that were growing up, we didn't know if we would make certain things sometimes, paycheck to paycheck. But I could testify to this today that even in all of those moments of uncertainty, we knew this about our lives. We never missed a payment. We never didn't eat. I think we raised our two children okay. <laughs> I think. Uh, we've never been hungry, and here's why. Because Philippians 4.19 told me, and I've never forgotten this my whole life, says that my God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches. That when I am faithful in my stewardship to what he has given to me, all of my needs are always taken care of. Maybe not the way I like it to be, but he takes care of me. The third reward that I want us to see today is leftovers. Come on, somebody, who likes leftovers? Anybody like, who's going home for leftovers right after this? Can I come over? Anyway, uh, you know, this idea of leftovers is a real important piece for us. There's something about it. But the scriptures did say that my God shall supply all my needs, and he will give me leftovers. Think about that reward. 
that when you are faithful in obedience to your giving finance, you'll even have leftovers. I was reminded a couple of months ago with um, our Testify Sunday, and Vanessa Stone, who's sitting with us here today, testified to the goodness of God. This is what she said. I'm going to nutshell it for a second. My husband and I, we love Jesus. We're faithful people. We've been inconsistent with our giving. So we sat down and we were budgeting and we looked at what was happening in our lives and we realized we can't tithe. We should not do it because it's not going to make sense. But they made a decision that they were going to tithe. They were going to stay true to it. And for a series of months, what they did at the end when they were kind of tabulating everything that was happening, they realized that they had met every single one of their needs in their finances. But then she said something that was really important to me, and then, or to all of us, and she said, and, but we also had surplus, leftovers. And I was thinking about that because when, again, you are faithful to God, even when it don't make sense, when you step out, He is going to abundantly supply your needs. Now, again, many of us would rather the surplus to be in finance, right? Like, please just give me thousands of dollars in my bank account. But again, how many of you know that that's not always the case? He says that he will have all of your needs supplied. But I love this about God. The reward of financial giving is that you will have leftovers. And you want to know what you do with leftovers? You keep eating. You want to know what you do with leftovers? You bless somebody else. Leftovers are absolutely amazing. Let's go eat leftovers. Amen. All right. So the fourth reward that I want you to see today is I want you to be like Costco. Come on, somebody. Be like Costco. Now, not in the way that you may be thinking. All right, I don't like the long lineups at Costco. I do not like that parking lot. A couple crazy things about it, but I want you to be like Costco. Here's why, because Costco's got some pretty awesome things that are happening inside the building. Come on, $1.50 hot dog and drink. Come on, somebody. That is fantastic. Guys, take your girl on a date. That's the way to... No, maybe not there. Uh, you may be single a little bit longer. Anyway, so... Uh, but we, we love that. We love walking around the store because we go up to some of the workers and they give you these samples. It's like, I get to come into Costco and they're going to feed me? Sign me up every day. But the thing that I love about Costco is how big the store is. The variety that's happening through the store. I love just going to Costco to look. I don't have to spend any, any money whatsoever. Yet when I do, I always spend more than I need. But it's because of the vastness. And what I mean by this, be like Costco is that God has said to us, not only am I going to supply all of your needs, not only am I going to give you leftovers so that you could do what you need to do, he says this, is that I am going to increase your resources. I am going to increase your storehouse so that you could again keep planting generously. God wants you to be like Costco. A lot of variety, a lot of opportunity to be something to somebody else, to this world. And he wants you to step in and know that when you do this obediently with him, he's going to increase your storehouse and your resource. It's beautiful. And not only that, he says that I am then going to place inside of your life a harvest of generosity. That when you step in and you give, he's going to make your, your heart swell, just like the Grinch, right? When he gave and when he gave, he, that's what God is saying to you spiritually today. He's going to increase your capacity because this is the abundance of who he is for you. And he's looking for you and I to step in today. 
Now, the fifth reward that I want us to see today is this, is that people are going to see and come to Jesus. I got to tell you, this is my favorite of the rewards. Let me explain. Every single Sunday, and in fact, just minutes ago, Pastor Jen stood on the stage and she looked at all of you and she said this, thank you, church, for your generosity. So one of the things that I've instructed our pastors on is our tone and our posture when it comes to money is not going to be, give us, give us your money. Like God demands it, you need to do it. We're not going to do that. You're not going to get that here, which is good because it also said that God doesn't uh, want you to give under pressure. <laughs> so we're not going to pressure you. But we, we say this every single week because we are always reminded of what God is doing with your money. So, so let me tell you a couple of stories. A couple of weeks ago, we had Easter. And so and, and in Easter, on our Saturday, we hosted a community meal. And we did it with your money. So 700 people came through the building that day. It's fantastic. As we blessed people with pancakes and sausages. Your money bought some sausages. <laughs> Which, see this. Then on Sunday morning, Easter, brought a couple of those families to church. <laughs> through a sausage <laughs> and some of those people gave their lives to Jesus Christ yeah. because you gave we started a course a couple of weeks ago on evangelism led by Aaron and uh, in that somebody decided to take the instructor's wisdom seriously so they decided to actually take the evangelism course being taught and actually went and decided to lead a family of four to Jesus Christ. Pretty amazing. Over here, your money, um, it allows you to keep your staff here at this church. That's a big deal. I know many of you have commented to me, man, we sure love our pastoral team and so do I. Um, but our staff is more than just our pastoral team. We've got a fantastic rest of the crew that serve us at this church. Your giving allows us to keep our staff. Your giving allows us to keep these lights on uh, through the week and to do ministry to people. This, believe this or not, this room that you sit in today is the least unused room in this whole entire building all week long. We do it on Sunday. But the rest of this building through the rest of the week is filled with people. And many of them are coming in from our community. Why? Because you gave. Your money is making a difference everywhere that we go. Your money over here giving had us have eight baptisms on Easter Sunday morning. Your giving makes a ton of difference to everybody. Because the reward of when you give is that people come and see Jesus. Let me introduce you to my friend Wyatt. Wyatt, a couple of years ago, six years old and he decided to step into a moment that truly impacted my heart is why i'm talking about it years later today why it came up to me one sunday after church and he said here pastor sean he handed me an envelope and i'm like what are you doing Wyatt?" it's like i got some money for you oh thanks Wyatt. What, what's going on he's like well i i took that thing that you do here at christmas with the christmas catalog and i wanted to make a difference myself 
So Wyatt, six years old, don't miss that, six years old. Wyatt goes home and he starts making all these crafts that you see in the picture. And he goes to a craft fair and he begins to sell his goods to people. And he's telling people that as he's doing it, what I'm doing is I'm raising these monies for charity to help some kids in India and to help some kids in Thailand. And little Wyatt hands me this envelope and I'm stunned. I'm like, this kid gets it. This kid understands a reward that is bigger than him at this stage. Because the reward even in this moment, and I don't know what God's doing with Wyatt's life these days, but Wyatt had no clue that him blessing 50 kids in Thailand with soy milk would bring people to Jesus. Why do I know that? It's because we've sent teams to those villages in Thailand where Wyatt gave, and we've seen people come to Jesus Christ because a six-year-old decided to step into the financial obedience that God required of him. I love these stories that when we give financially, God is taking every single penny and he is changing people's lives with it. It is not lost anywhere. That's why this one for me is the most fascinating thing. Lisa and I are faithful in our tithes to this church and then we are faithful to our offerings. Often we want to bring these two together. They are two distinct things. I love the fact that we're able to sponsor a child in our world as well, amongst many other things. The reality is, is that your money is changing people's lives. That's the way Jesus intended it. It's cyclic. It is all about reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping over and over. And the kingdom of God is growing because you gave. And I want to say thank you. The best reward for your life is give so that you understand people come to Jesus. It's the greatest act of worship that we've got. The last reward that you get when you step into finances is that people will pray for you. Our text showed us, and I love it, the moments where Lisa and I have been able to step into acts of generosity with people. They come back to us, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, we're so happy. I thank God for you, and I'm like, you just prayed for me. Thank God for you. That's all it is. When you give to this church and the alms that we do in blessing the people of our city over and over, I can't tell you the stories of just people coming back, oh, I'm so thankful that God, God saw me and I just thank God for you and I'm thinking in my head, you have no clue that you've just prayed for us. And there is a blessing upon your life when you give. And so today as I close in prayer, I'm gonna pray for you. Why? Because you gave. And part of the reward of that is that God brings his blessing to our lives. See, the fun part about this money talk right now is there's nothing negative here. It's all positive. This idea that God is going to reward your life. If, are things hard? Are they difficult? Yes. But even in their hard times, in their extreme poverty, they still led with rich generosity. May we call with church be that people where we lead with our finances, where we reap that much that we have sown. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your spirit and thank you for your word. And I thank you that you have so many rewards for us today when it comes to our giving. And I ask today that we would trust you in these moments of our money. Allow us to open our hands to not live in that scarcity mindset, but to live in the abundant mindset that you are our provider. And like you said, I'm going to supply all your needs anyway. 
and I'm going to give you leftovers to do it. I'm going to make you like Costco, and I'm going to build your storehouse so that you could be a greater blessing to people. The fact that we get to see people come to you because we give, and the fact that people will even pray for us as we've given. Thank you, God, for the rewards that you place in front of us with our giving. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you'll help us in this next season. What does that look like for me? What do you require of me? And so I know that you will settle that in people's hearts. We give you thanks for that. So Jesus, give us a fantastic week as we head out. Help us to claim the rewards that you have placed upon our lives. Help us to be a people who are living in obedience when it comes to our finances. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be here uh, in the room this morning or maybe online. Perhaps you've never uh, surrendered your life to Jesus. Um, one of the things that we love to introduce you to is him. Uh, Jesus is pretty fantastic. And we think that when you set and you align your life to him, things change. And perhaps you're interested in who Jesus is. And if that's you today, whether in the house or online, uh, text the word life to 250-478-7113. One of our pastors will be there to chat with you and to tell you a little bit more about Jesus and what he's all about. If you are new in the house today, welcome to College Church. Uh, make sure you visit Pastor Tyson and Pastor James who are in the back in our welcome center. Say hi to them. But other than that, church, have a fantastic week. Go claim your rewards, and we'll be back next week with Money Matters. Have a great week. We love you.